your station for prep sports year-round. We are 1061 Nash Icon, WRKN, Picayune, New Orleans. Good morning, and welcome to the 27th year of the Three Tailgaters Show on 1061 Nash Icon and at NashFM1061.com. The Three Tailgaters Show is presented by CrescentCitySports.com, the best sports site in Louisiana. The Three Tailgaters Show is also presented by the Allstate Sugar Bowl, representing the best of amateur athletics, and by Francesca's by Katie's in New Orleans, serving up St. Louis-style food with a New Orleans flair. The Three Tailgaters are also brought to you by Lamarck Ford and Lamarck Lincoln, by LifeGate Church in Metairie, by Bergeron Automotive in Metairie, by Premier Automotive throughout the New Orleans area, John Curtis Christian School in River Ridge, Life Resources Ministries, the RNL Carriers New Orleans Bowl, and by Premier Automotive. Promotional consideration is provided by Venezia Restaurant on North Carrollton Avenue, Two Tony's Restaurant at West End, Perrin's Restaurant in Harahan. Reginelli's Pizzeria, with locations throughout the metro area. Ye Old College Inn on Carrollton Avenue. Messina's at the Terminal and Runway Cafe at Lakefront Airport. By Copeland's of New Orleans and Kenner at the Esplanade Mall. Desi Vegas Seafood and Steakhouse in Metairie. Chateau Cafe, with locations in New Orleans and Kenner. Moe's Pizza in West Wego. Hooters Restaurants in Metairie and Gretna. Geo's Pizza and Spaghetti House in Metairie. Hobnobber Cafe in Metairie. Fat Boys Pizza on Metairie Road, by Mike Sirio's Po' Boys and Deli on St. Charles Avenue, by That's Amore Pizzeria in Metairie, Bears Po' Boys on Causeway Boulevard at Metairie Road, Fury's Restaurant on Martin Berman in Metairie, and by Manning's Restaurant at Harris Casino on Fulton Street. Now here are your hosts of the Three Tailgaters Show, Ed Daniels, Sports Director of WGNO and WNOL, CrescentCitySports.com, and the Clarion Herald, and Cumulus Radio New Orleans Sports Director Ken Trahan of CrescentCitySports.com, the Saints Hall of Fame Museum, and the Kenner Star. And a pleasant good morning and welcome to another edition of the Three Tailgaters Show here on 1061 FM Nash Icon. We're on the web at NashFM1061.com. Our tune-in app is available for you to listen anywhere in the world, and we hope you will via uh, iHeart and other platforms. You can also check us out via Alexa by telling her to play WRKN. Our podcasts are available following each show at CrescentCitySports.com. You can email us at ed at WGNO.com, Ken at CrescentCitySports.com, or you can call the show at 504-260-1061. That's 260-1061 to participate in the conversation. So much to talk about this morning. The Saints later on, banged up team, and so is Tennessee. We'll get into that. The Pelicans keep losing. We'll touch on that. LSU and Arkansas, the game and who the new coach is going to be. We'll talk about that. Tulane playing this afternoon. Can they actually get a win? We'll get into that too. We'll also visit with Graham Jarrett, the head coach of the Dillisau Cavaliers, off of a big win on the road at Turlings Catholic last night. So, And we'll also discuss the high school pairings and playoffs since they're underway now. All of that action-packed, information-packed, and your calls at 504-260-1061. That's 260-1061 to join in the conversation with my friend Ed Daniels, sports director of WGNO, a Friday night football at 11 on WNOL, midnight on WGNO, and of course, of the Clarion Herald, CrescentCitySports.com, and 
Nash Icon, 106.1 FM as well. Hey, Ed, good morning to you. Hey, Kenny, what's up? All good, buddy. Uh, nice to have you with us and nice to be talking about so much this morning. And, of course, the high school volleyball playoff championships are today. We have three local teams all trying to repeat as champions in Lafayette, Archbishop Hannon, Country Day, and Dominican at the Cajun Dome, displaced from the Pontchartrain Center because of Hurricane Ida. Unfortunate we don't have it here. That's always a good event, Ed. Yeah, it is. It just uh, feels kind of strange to be removed from it uh, this week. But, hey, that's the way it is, and hopefully it'll be back next year. No doubt. Pontchartrain Center, extensive damage, and I know that's being worked on as we speak. So hopefully something gets done in time for early next year. We shall see what transpires there. And, of course, the high school football playoffs last night. Some compelling stories, some compelling games. Chalmette getting its first playoff win since 2004 with a thrilling 21-20 win over Houghton. That was one of the two upset specials I picked that didn't happen out of the eight. But, boy, I mean, watching the highlights, uh, that halfback pass was there. The throw was low on the two-point conversion. Uh, but what a way for Chalmette to win it. That was great for the Owls. Yes, it was. You know, terrific win for them, good for them. Uh, first home playoff game since 2004. And uh, now they play West Monroe. But yes. this isn't this, – this isn't your mother's West Monroe, though. Well, the Rebels are still good. They escaped against North Shore. And let's send a big shout-out to Bobby Sanders and his staff for the job they did of going to West Monroe and nearly pulling it off, losing in double overtime, 37-30. to 30. Also in Division One, looking ahead, boy, great matchup this week. Woodlawn at Destraham. Woodlawn's really good. And Destraham's undefeated. That has the makings of being a terrific matchup in 5A. John Errett yes, it does. will go to Ponchatoula, who's unbeaten, and John Errett playing pretty well. That could be an intriguing matchup as well in 5A. Thoughts? Well, it could. I mean, you know, if, well, I was talking to Marcus Scott last night uh, right before the program, and, um, you know, and I think that's going to be a great matchup. And um, Ponchatoula, look, it's going to take somebody really good, I think, to knock them out because they're very – very talented team and a senior team. So, and if they play really good defense, then they have a chance to go very far because we know what they can do offensively. Looking at the 4A bracket, of course, the Car Cougars rolled over Bro Bridge. They'll get Eunice at home next. Game at CrescentCitySports.com last night was one of the best games of the night. Carver with a 36-yard field goal, 10 seconds left to beat Landry, 17-14 in a thriller. Watch the replay at CrescentCitySports.com. It was a good football game. The Rams now have to travel in the second round. they got to go to Plaquemine because Plaquemine went to Salmon and beat the eight seed 41-27. That should be a good game. Uh, Carver-Plaquemine looks to be a pretty even matchup there in the second round. Warren Easton was dominant in dismantling Ellender 59-6, but they now have to travel to Opelousas, the 19th seed, who beat South Lafouche in a shootout last night. Bell Chase was really impressive, beating Estruma 42 to nothing. But now the Cardinals have to make a long, long trip to Huntington up in the Shreveport area in the next round. Lakeshore beat its district rival Franklinton 62-31. Now they travel to Cecilia, who smashed Bo Shin in 4A. Thoughts about the locals in 4A, Ed? Uh, you know, I mean, hey, it's a long way for Bell Chase to travel. That was a nice win for them last night, of course. Um, They've had their quarterback issues, too, with their quarterback getting hurt. And 
Coach Myers' son being knocked out for the season. But, you know, I thought um, I thought that was a really nice win for them. And, boy, but those five- or six-hour bus rides can really be murder. No doubt. And the Carver-Landry game was an instant classic. That was a really good football game. That's why we picked well, it. Here's we the kn- thing. knew it would be. Yeah, but here's the thing. Landry uh, jumps offside on the field yep. goal attempt, moves yep. him five yards closer, and the guy yep. makes it by a foot. Exactly. <laughs> That was the, exactly what uh, we, we talked about with Coach Addison last night. I mean, the penalty made all the difference, and credit them for making the field goal. And it wasn't over yet because the, the squib kick was returned to plus side of the field. Uh, right. But on the final play of the game, a sack for, for Carver to preserve the win. Go back and watch the replay at CrescentCitySports.com. That was good stuff. And then Ed Carr and Easton, they roll on. They're just dominant teams. Look, it's going to come down to Warren Easton and Neville on the bottom half of the bracket. And I don't see anybody beating Carr on the top half. No, I don't either. You know, here's the thing about the getting back to the field goal thing, though, Kenny. Yeah. The thing that's interesting about it is, is that I don't think you can be offsides on a 42-yard field goal in high school. That's anything but an automatic. Do you agree? Oh, look, I mean, that just was a big mistake. I mean, I know you're anxious to try to block it, but the odds of a ball getting there from that distance on the high school level are below average and maybe lower than that if you don't have a great kicker. So, yeah, that just couldn't happen in that situation. You feel bad for, for Keenan Lewis's team, but, you know, you feel good for Byron Addison's team. Look, the regular season game was a similar game, 15-13. That's why we picked it. We knew this was going to be a really good game, an even matchup. It was very hard-hitting, too, so good stuff. Mm-hmm. Yes, it was. A lot of fun. Then you go to the 3A bracket. Sterlington, the number one seed, and they took care of Douglas last night. No problem. St. James extracted revenge, beat North Webster 34-20 and advanced. Uh, upset special I picked, Donaldsonville upsetting Patterson. That worked out, and they advance as well. Bogalusa can score a bunch of points. They did and beat Jennings, and Lutcher survived Carroll, which sets up an intriguing second-round matchup. So on the 3A level, looking at you know the local St. James, certainly – uh, you know, has a very tough test. They got to go to Madison Prep, who's the defending state champion, and underseated at number eight. That's a tough job for St. James. And then uh, certainly Bogalusa Lutcher, that has the, the makings of a very good game and a game that might have 90 to 100 points scored, Ed. Oh, I think that's going to be a really good game. You know, I'm, I'm thinking about how we're going to get all these games covered this week, and that's one game that we're going to be at. We, was at, we were at the Lutcher game last night, if you watched the program, mm-hmm. and uh, that was a, you know, I. Uh, a game that I think that they were a little bit concerned about because of uh, Carroll's ability to make big plays, and they certainly did that. But when you've got Winfield, you've always got a chance. I hear you, buddy. Uh, 2A, Manny, the number one seed, no problem with Independence. And then, of course, with the locals in 2A, they, you know, they're very few and far between. There are none other than a meet, and a meet's a genuine contender. They beat Delhi Charter 48-0. I got a meet getting to the championship game. I mean, General Trass is really good, and they're going to have to beat them uh, down the road. But certainly, uh, I like the A-Meet Warriors. Remember last year, we had their game with Manny, uh, and it was a jump ball game to the end, a fantastic game, which Manny barely prevailed in, and, and they ended up winning state. So I give A-Meet a good chance, Ed. They've got Kinder this week, but they've got to go to Kinder in the second round. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the John C. Buck Stadium. And I tell you what, General Trask, they get to go to one of the garden spots of Louisiana High School football. You haven't lived until you've seen the Welsh Greyhounds at home. Well, there you go. General Trask is really good. (laughs) 
Toriano Wells has done a great job. They've dominated people all year long, and I think that's it's going to come down to Trask and he meet on that side of the bracket, and I can't see anybody beating Manny on the top half of the bracket. In 1A, Logan sports the number one seed, but at this 1A bracket, for lack of a better word, is awful. 13 of the 24 teams with losing records entering the playoffs, and, and you're just hard-pressed to find good teams. Logan sports the number one, uh, and they had a bye. The number two was Homer. They had a bye. To me, uh, the team to beat is Oak Grove, the defending champion. They're the four seed. Uh, they're on a win streak. I don't think they're going to lose. I'm picking them to win the state championship. And where locals are concerned, the only one we have is West St. John. As the 12 seed, they shut out block 28 to nothing last night. And they go to go to Slaughter Community Charter in the Baton Rouge area in the second round. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, look, um, that's the way it, it, uh, these brackets are set up. That's the way they wanted it. Um, you know, that, that's the way the people at Manny and Winfield wanted this thing to look. And they want, they want an easy cakewalk to the Dome as easy as possible. And that's the way it looks, you know. That's just the way it looks. Um, I don't know what else to say. It's, it's, it's not pretty, but that's what it is. Yeah, I mean, look, um, in complete fairness, Manny's a good program. I give them all the credit. But uh-huh. no way, no how they were going to beat Lafayette Christian if this thing was unified last year. No way. Uh-huh. And, but you know and, what? And, and but- guess what? They wouldn't have beat St. Charles Catholic either. Uh huh. Well, I mean, you know, look, that's. Uh, and I don't and know, you know if they'd have beaten Newman for that matter. Let me, let me let me ask you something. They're the only football playing school in their entire parish. Yeah. The, the only one. Why are they not selected? I don't know. You tell me. There's and I, I can. Know. I, I mean, I can make the case for about fifteen schools that I think should be quote unquote select based on criteria, mm-hmm. but. Uh, right. Eddie Bonai tells why? us it's all about the percentage of enrollment from outside no. of the district. That's what it's judged no. upon. Well, I mean, but their but their district is their whole parish. Okay, well, sure, I so, got it. So, so so why are they not select? All you right, tell me. And, but here but here's the here's the deal. It doesn't matter. The rules the rules only. You know, our our great and good friend Rick Gailey told me a long time ago. The rules are what they and ever they whatever they interpret them to be, and that's what they are. I mean, you know, look, I. Why aren't they select? They're the only football playing school in the entire parish. But you know what? They'll get to the dome. They'll and if they get to the dome, they'll, you know, they'll say they're playing for a state championship, and that's all that matters to them. That's it. Division one, uh, the last the games were blowouts, all Catholic school rematches. Again, as I called it, the second round of Catholic league play, right? And all three games one-sided. You got the haves and the have-nots in that league this year, and the haves won easily. Now, St. Augustine is not a have by record, but they certainly have the talent to be that, especially with Dylan Devison healthy, their quarterback. They can score, and they took apart Shaw. Uh, Brother Martin, laser-focused, took apart Rummel, and John Curtis in the second season took apart Holy Cross. So that leaves you with Catholic and St. Augustine, and, you know, certainly Catholic is a clear favorite, but if St. Aug plays the way it's capable of playing, it could be an interesting game. St. Paul's at Scotlandville will be a good matchup. Uh, of course, Brother Martin has to go to Bird now, who's a, a real good program, but I, I don't think they're beating Brother Martin. And rematch between Jesuit and John Curtis will be a hell of a football game. I can tell people right now we're going to have that one live here on 106.1 FM next Friday night as part of the original. So some good matchups in the quarterfinals in Division One. No question. And um, 
do you can you carry a camera? Because I I need about fifteen <laughs> shooters next week. How much do you Is pay? That, uh, I don't know. We pay pretty well. You know, I I just need uh, I, I uh, just have to figure it out here next week. Yeah. I'm, I'm uh, you know it. You live week to week. You're trying to figure it all out. Yeah. Proof. Oh, I know. Absolutely. Look, you yeah, and I both, yeah, man. Yeah. And um, and I'm 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 already I'm already looking at all these brackets. Yeah. And try and trying to figure out how we're going to go to all of these things. But we yeah, are. I mean, yeah, you got to get all four of those games. And and look, right. these are good matchups. Catholics certainly favored over St. Aug, but like I said, if St. Aug plays well, they can make this very interesting. St. Paul's yeah. Scotlandville, I think that's a toss-up game. Um, I like Brother Martin over Bird even making the long trip, and I think Jesuit and John Curtis is a toss-up game, much like it was in the regular season. Yeah, it's going to be uh, going to be some great games. Um, I'd, I'd like to be in about seven different places, but that's, that's not going to happen. All right, Division Two, number one, CDD White had a bye. Parkview Baptist beat St. Michael, so they get them at E.D. White in the second round. Uh, Liberty survived Archbishop Hannon. They get St. Thomas More in the second round. Good luck with that, even though Liberty's at home. Loyola Prep uh, knocked out Haynes. They get Vanderbilt Catholic. A good story. The Terriers overcoming a lot, uh, but now they got to make a long trip to Shreveport. And we'll talk about this in the next segment. Graham Jarrett will join us. De La Salle Cavalier is very impressive last night. And boy, you got a monster matchup, Ed, next week yeah. on the campus of yeah. LSU. University High, who I think is the best team in the class, hosting De La Salle, who's one of the top three teams in the class. And you know what? Here's the deal. WGNO-TV Friday Night Football was in Lafayette last night for De La Salle and Turlings. Richie Mills was there. Yep. Boy, they played it. They played a complete game last night, too. I saw the highlights, and we'll talk to Graham about it coming up. And they, they really were good in all phases, which you have to be. All right, Division Three Lafayette Christian, the uh, four-time defending champion. They're number one seed. They had a bye. They'll play number eight, Ascension Episcopal, who knocked off Catholic of New Iberia. Newman got a bye. They'll play Episcopal. What a matchup that is. Episcopal's undefeated, and Episcopal will host Newman. That should be a hell of a game. Then you got St. Charles Catholic, a really good football team at home against a high-scoring Dunham team, another good matchup. And then Notre Dame, the two-seed at home against St. Thomas Aquinas. Uh, the Falcons have only lost once. They beat Pope John Paul last night, but certainly Notre Dame's the favorite there. Yes, they are. With Notre Dame and St. Charles Catholic maybe in the next round, right? Yeah, and Ed, this is the byproduct of the forfeits of De La Salle. But because of the forfeit, St. Charles lost power points. And even though they're unbeaten, now they'll have to travel to Crowley to play Notre Dame, whereas prior to the forfeits, they would have hosted Notre Dame. That makes a big difference. Yeah, no question. Hey, you know what? They've won there before. Got to do it again. They did. But again, the unintended consequences of these forfeits, that's another story, which I wrote about in particular with Hanville. And oh, by the way, didn't that show last night with Hanville? Oh, no they, doubt. They almost won at Benton, but they should have been a home team last night. That's what they should have been. There's no question. All right, and finally in Division Four, Washtenaw Christian, uh, tough early, but then they whip Cedar Creek in a rematch, 35 to seven. They get Ascension Catholic. One of my upset specials came through. They beat Central Catholic in a shootout. Sacred Heart and Calvary Baptist. Man, Calvary Baptist is loaded. Uh, you know they lost. The only loss was to Rummel. That was a great win for Rummel, by the way. Mm -hmm. Calvary Baptist is loaded, and boy, the sad part is. Calvary Baptist and Washtenaw Christian are going to have to meet before the championship game, which is terribly unfortunate because they are the two best teams. St. Frederick uh, was a winner. They get Vermilion Catholic, and 
And then the Country Day Cajuns. They won on the road as a lower seed and dismantled the seventh seed St. Mary's 47-7. It's a heck of a win for Coach LeCompte and the Cajuns. Now they have to go to very talented number two seed Southern Lab in the second round. Yep, going to be tough. But you know what? What a win for them. Tremendous. No, no. Well, look, I'm, I'm actually reading this wrong. I mean, this game should be at Country Day, right? I mean, Country Day was a lower seed. They won. Sutherland was a higher seed. They won. So no, 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 no. It's it's well, yeah, because but because they, it was a travel, travel and home, right? But but did Sutherland have a bye? No, Sutherland played. They beat Handsome Memorial, fifty-six right. to nothing. So this okay, game well, should be well, this game should be well, at Country Day. The two the, that game that game should be at Country Day. I think exactly. that's wrong on the website. Exactly. I, I yeah, because you you've got. Um, You've got the uh, uh, a home away situation, yes, and and that that applies in the yes. quarterfinals, not in the semifinals. Nope, but that applies in the quarterfinals. Yes, so that game should be at Wenzel Field, which could be an equalizer. That should be another good one. So you're right, and we got a ton of games to look forward to and to cover next week, and scratch our heads, but also smile because it's really good matchups coming up in the second round on non-selected in the quarterfinals. In select. Speaking of that, one of the really good teams that's on a mission is Dillasau. And we'll take a timeout when we return in just a moment. Cavaliers coach Graham Jarrett joins us to talk about it as we continue with more of the Three Tailgaters show. Ken and Ed, 260-1061 to join us back in a moment on 1061 FM, Nash Icon, and on the web at NashFM1061.com. Erica, you bought a metal roof from Walker Metals. What made you go that route instead of shingles? I love my new roof from Walker Metals. It has added beauty and value to my home. It was installed right over my old shingles. The staff was so friendly. They walked me through the process and helped me choose the best color to match my house. This was the best decision I made. I save on my utility bills and my homeowner's insurance. If you need a new roof, think outside the shingles. Walker Metals has 12 colors to choose from with a 40-year rust warranty and Galloon Plus with a 20-year warranty against rusting. Call Walker Metals, 225-791-7791. Stop by and talk to the friendly folks or visit walkermetalroofing.com. You'll love your new metal roof from Walker. They look great, last forever, and are more resistant to wind, fire, and hail. Visit walkermetalroofing.com or call 225-791-7791 or just stop by. Walker Metals is your source for quality metal roofing. Louisiana manufactured, Louisiana Hi, this is John from the Silver Slipper Casino here to tell you about our $450,000 win that giveaway going on here at the Slipper. Come and play any of your favorite slots or table games any Friday or Saturday in the months of October, November, and December, and you'll be earning a chance to play the win that beanbag toss game and win up to $10,000 in free slot play. And you can win up to $40,000 in cash and free play on the last Saturday of each month. Silver Slipper Casino, we are proud to be your host on the coast. Have a good time at the Silver Slipper. It's not magic that will deliver 1 billion packages to homes across the country this holiday. It's the United States Postal Service. And we don't need a team of reindeer to do it because we've added more vehicles to our fleet. And while we don't come down your chimney, we can pick up presents for you and yours. So if making more holiday deliveries to homes in the U.S. than anyone else seems like magic, that means we're doing our job. Share the magic at usps.com helpers. Get early access to Macy's Black Friday specials right now while supplies last. Like sweaters for him and her starting at $24.99. Adorable family PJ sets just $19.99 and under. 
and kick back on leather sofas starting at $7.99. Plus, Star Rewards members earn rewards even faster during Star Money bonus days going on now at Macy's. Savings off sale and clearance prices. Exclusions apply. Wake up your senses at Louisiana's newest Harley-Davidson. Zydeco Harley-Davidson in Houma. 30,000 square feet of pure motorcycle mayhem. Zydeco Harley-Davidson in Houma has over 100 new and selective pre-owned Harley-Davidsons available right now. For every riding style and budget, Zydeco Harley-Davidson in Houma has the motorcycle for you. Come pass a good time in the bayou at Zydeco Harley-Davidson. With new arrivals of the latest in style, fashion, and riding gear in their motor clothes department. Check out over $250,000 of the latest parts and accessories. Repairs, upgrades, and customization are there for you at Zydeco Harley-Davidson's award-winning service department. Check out their dynoing service, which maximizes the horsepower and torque of your motorcycle. It's Zydeco Harley-Davidson in Homa. Follow on Facebook and ZydecoHD.com for their next event, party schedule, and more. Just tuning in? We're just getting started with the Three Tailgaters Show on 1061 Nash Icon, NashFM1061.com, and through CrescentCitySports.com. What are you waiting for? Call 504-260-1061. Now back to Ken Trahan and Ed Daniels. Glad you're with us on this Saturday morning as we continue on on what is a beautiful morning. Man, you'd like to see football played in this weather right now, Ed, wouldn't you? Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to see it tonight played in this weather. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, look, it's just gorgeous out there to be able to, to get out and feel that fresh air, nice and cool. I just wish it would stay that way, but apparently that's not going to happen, according to your friend Hank Allen. He tells me it's going to get back up to like 80 in about four or five days, man. Is it really? Oh, well, guess I have yep. to get out there and cut, cut the grass. Okay, well, <laughs> yeah, good, good luck with that, man. <laughs> have fun. With that, uh, we're still waiting on Graham Jarrett. But look, uh, both of those stories are really, they're different schools, different missions, but they're, they're similar animals and really kind of tied together. I'm talking about Brother Martin and De La Salle. Both of these schools and programs are on, they're on missions right now, for lack of a better description. Now, these, are, these are programs that are both threats. They're both very good. They're both very well coached. Both of them feel like they got uh, unjustly punished for you know what were discrepancies and no attempt at cheating whatsoever, and I think all it's done is galvanize these two programs. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, look, uh, the the only way it really makes a difference outside of their programs is if change comes because of this, and I don't really see that happening. Just don't. Well, I I don't either. And look, people kept asking during the process about. Well, I mean, they have a strong case. You think they can win? And my answer every step of the way was no. I mean, the, the, and it has nothing to do with, I don't know the inner circle of the semantics of it all. Uh-huh. I do know what the schools felt because I talked to them uh, on several occasions about what, you know, the alleged sure. violations were. But the fact of the matter is, whether you agree or disagree, you and I, and, and we've been doing this a long time, we've seen a lot of appeals and... I can't remember an appeal that was successful. No, I'm, I, you know, and, and there was a gentleman who listens to this show who stopped me this week after an event that I did in Kenner um, on Wednesday and um, was, was a little bit unhappy that I said that. 
but it's true. I, I'm, and I'm just being, I'm trying to be as accurate as I can. And I don't remember this. Um, I, I've been to a lot of these appeals more than my share over the years. Not recently, but I don't remember any of them ever um, uh, ending in anything but what they were. So I, when when everyone said, "Well, they've got a chance on appeal," I was like, "Well, I don't, I don't really believe that's true." I have, I'm not from Missouri, but I have relatives there. Show me. Yeah, I feel the same way, and I mean, I, I almost have to chuckle with all due respect to said individual because. All you're right. doing is is speaking fact. Uh, it's not a. Yeah, I'm doing my it's job. Not a, I mean, exactly. A, me too. It's yeah, not a judgmental thing against anybody. It's simply right. reporting. And, <laughs> right. Really. And, and as I as I explained as I explained to the gentleman who was who was extremely professional about his disagreement, which I was more than happy to to discuss with him. Mm -hmm. uh, as I explained, I just I just don't see that. Uh, uh, I just can't recollect in in my time too many of those if any being being successful and that's why i said what i said you're just not going to you know when i hear about emergency appeals i'm just uh i'm, I'm just not not um not you know not optimistic that you're going to be able to get that well again nothing uh, personal at all i mean it's simply doing your job and reporting but the fact of the matter is Dillasau is good enough. Now, the, the whole, you know, the problem for the Cavaliers is everything on the road, and now they got to play, I think, the best team in the class. So, I mean, bottom line is that, you know, they've got to go to U High, who I think is the best team. Dillasau does not have P.J. Martin. He's not likely to play this coming week. Miles Sider had a good game last night uh, as he rushed for 150 yards and a touchdown for Dillasau, and he's a solid player, but Martin gives them a a real weapon at the running back position. They got Makai Paris back at wide receiver. He's real good. And he had four catches last night. And they're stout up front. So, look, they've got a chance, okay? And they're very, very determined and very focused. I think that's going to be a great game. Yeah, it is. And uh, you might see a WGNO-TV camera at that one. <laughs> yeah. You know, Coach, Coach, Coach Jarrett got all over me over the last couple of weeks in a fun way. We were just cutting up, just mm -hmm. shucking it up. And he got all over me about not, not going to his last few games. And uh, so we, we drove over to Lafayette last night. And he, and he, he reminded me after the game that I, he thought we had forgotten about him, which I thought was pretty funny. Yeah. Uh, uh, you got to find levity at this time of year when, when everybody's going crazy, you know? Oh, look, I mean, you and I get emails. We get texts. I got one this week from a guy complaining about the fact that you know, we haven't given St. Paul's enough love and that we haven't talked about them or talked about their defense. And I normally I'm very nice in my responses, but I wasn't as nice this time because uh, this is, that's, it's fake news. Bottom line is, on our radio shows, you and I have had Kenny Sears on on this show, correct? Of course, yes, we have. That is. Uh -huh. uh, on Friday night, we've talked about them ad nauseum, including... Correct. Sam Francis, their athletic director, doing reports from every one of their games. In addition to that, praising their defense, how well they've played all year, including against Ponchatoula, when they really shut them down in a loss. So, again, I am uh, understanding and appreciative. We can't be everywhere, and we can't mention everybody or cover everybody or, in the case of Crescent City Sports, do every game 
uh, for every school, which people want us to do. It's not possible, unfortunately. But the fact of the matter is that people are going to create their own narratives sometimes. Uh, the ones well, that are very people, civil, you know, yeah. it's a different story. But we go out yeah. of our way to cover everybody, and we go out of our way to make sure that we provide the best information imaginable. So when there's a clear uh, wrong in that regard, I'm going to point it out. But otherwise, going to be very receptive and, and very, very uh, good about things. So, look, we deal with that all the time, don't we? <laughs> yeah, a quick story. One, yeah. one, uh, one Saturday night, my wife and I are out. I don't know, it's in the spring or whatever, and said, look, we went to a, uh, an outstanding Kenner establishment to eat Chinese food. Uh -huh. and, uh, and we sit down, and there's a guy that sits down on the table across from us, and he doesn't address me uh, to, to me, but just says out loud, don't cover Tulane or whatever. This guy just mm -hmm. yells out real loud. And my wife looked at me, and I said, just move on. You know, what, what are you going to do? You're going to argue with an idiot? And, and I just, you know, I just enjoyed my meal. But, yeah. but I, you know, it's, it's interesting. We'll be at the Tulane game covering the Tulane game today. And we go to Tulane every Tuesday. Mm -hmm. and, and I'm not going to tell you who isn't there and who is there. Right. But it is a very limited audience. Yeah. But WGNO-TV is there every week. But we don't cover Tulane, and we don't like Tulane. I don't know. We were at their, <laughs> we were at their women's game at noon on, on Tuesday. Right. And at noon on Tuesday, I got a lot of things I could be doing yeah. in relation to getting all the stuff that I need done for the week. But we went to see their opener. Right. But, again, we don't like Tulane. So, no, you know, of course whatever. not. Whatever. Yeah. Yeah. We, well, as mentioned, it was a defining win last night, 34-3 for Doisal. At Turling's Catholic Cavaliers go to U-High this coming Friday night. And joining us now is the outstanding head coach of the Cavaliers, Coach Graham Jarrett. Graham, listen, first and foremost, thanks and congratulations on what was a really solid win. And, and again, it looked to me like you, you were good in all three phases last night. <clears throat> Thank you, guys. I pro uh, apologize for not getting in earlier. Uh, yeah, I, I thought it was our most complete win of the season. We didn't really have a lull in any three phases. Uh, kicking game, just punts by Control Millet. Uh, defense was outstanding. Uh, Coach Jack Lard put together an unbelievable game plan uh, to stop Turling's offense. And offense, uh, we still missed a couple of you know open guys and a couple opportunities, but we were still consistent. We were able to move the ball well uh, and come up with some nice throws and some nice runs. And Coach, we were, we were delighted to see you last night. You were plastered all over our show last night. I want you to know that. I, I saw it. I saw it. My family recorded. So when I got home at 2 a.m., I got to rewatch it. I do appreciate you coming out there and uh, showing some footage of the Turlings Catholic Dallas game. And you, and you guys played very well. Congratulations. That was great. Thank you. Well, Coach, I mean, I guess the biggest story last night was the fact that you held these guys to three points. I mean, they're a good offensive football team that scored a bunch of points this season. And if I picked you to win the game, but I thought, you know, you win something like, I don't know, 30 to 20 or something like that, you, you shut this team down. That's hard to do. Absolutely. He's played outstanding, especially in the back half. Uh, they're averaging 35 points a game. Um, and so we were, we were very, very concerned, especially coming through our district where, you know, it might be a little bit of a lull and you're not used to preparing 
the way you should prepare, uh, especially for somebody like Turlings, who's kind of complicated on offense, and they do a lot of tricky stuff. Um, and Coach Jackalard, to his credit, put together a great game plan. And um, our, our guys finally, you know, all week was kind of a struggle to get them to understand their checks and what, you know who they're supposed to look at and make sure they're not, uh, you know, covering the wrong guy. And they, and they played outstanding. We had four interceptions. We actually dropped three. So, um, you know, it, it was a stellar night for the secondary. Ed? All right, Coach, what about the next one? What, what, what's your thoughts about that? Uh, well, I, you know, going into the season, I thought that they were, uh, you know, them and this is before St. Thomas More had kind of uh, gone down a little bit, but I thought, you know, U High is kind of the class of Division Two, And I think, you know, this matchup is should be a state championship matchup or should be at least a semifinal matchup, but it's not. It's a quarterfinal. Um, they are very, very good. And so this is going to be, uh, you know, our greatest test to date. Uh, and I told the kids, you know, I told the kids when all this stuff happened, we were going to have to go on the road to U High at some point anyway. So we're going to now go on the, you know, in the second round. So um, we're going to try to put together a great plan and practice it all week and go and uh, get on a bus and travel to a, a hostile environment and execute the plan again. Injuries, Coach. You got Makai Paris back. He makes a big difference. Four catches last night. You don't have P.J. Martin back yet. Miles Sider had a good game last night. Any hopes of getting P.J. back in the playoffs at any point? Yes. I mean, the plan is uh, to try to have him back, but I think it's going to be closer to the semifinal or the championship game. Um, you know, it, it, it's a timetable when you when you have that kind of injury and you have that kind of procedure. Uh, it's just a, it's a matter of a uh, number of weeks. And so uh, we just have to keep playing. Uh, and hopefully we're, we're here when he gets clear. Uh, but having Makai Paris back, he's been great. He came back the last couple of games of the season. Uh, he's just starting to get his legs underneath him. Um, and it really complements our, um, the rest of our receiving core, Kentrell Millett and Jace Biennemi. And so, um, you know, we really like our, our three receivers. And uh, having him back has been very good. I'm going to let Ed jump in in a second. But I wanted to ask you about the third phase because – Again, this was a complete win last night. And if you're going to win in the playoffs against the U-Highs or against the E.D. Whites or the St. Thomas Moors, you've got to have a good kicking game. Last night, Gabe Capasso with two field goals. And, of course, Kentrell Millett, if there's a better punter in the state, I'd like to see him. There's a lot of good punters, obviously, but this kid's been special. So that kicking game is so important, and it looks to me like you're in real good shape there. Absolutely. Like, um, in, our, in our closer games... Uh, we've been pretty good in special teams, but there's always been that one lull. We got a punt block, or, or we gave up a big return. Last night we had no lulls whatsoever, and that was Ken Trumbullet's best game punting. Uh, there was a fourth and one, uh, kind of questionable whether or not we should go for it, and it was a defensive game at that point. I'm like, I'm not going to turn the ball over to Turlings on this side of the 50. Let Kentrell punt it. I mean, he punted through the end zone. It was almost a 70-yard punt. Uh, I mean, you could hear the stadium kind of ooh and ah when when it came off his foot. Um, in my 18 years of coaching, I have never seen a kid punt like that in high school football. So uh, he is the best I've seen. Ed? So, Coach, so much was expected of this team this year and so much expected of you. How have you managed that, and how do you manage that now when, it, when, when every week is a one-game season? Well, I mean, I've enjoyed the challenge. Uh, it's been good. Um, you know, we try to put our kids in this uh, environment in the in the uh, pre-district schedule. That's why we went on the road and played all these tough teams. Uh, you know, 
you want to see your team go up against some of the best competition in the state. Um, and now that we're in the playoffs, you know, every every team in front of us, um, you know, is the next best team. And so he's just trying to get them to uh, understand the game plan and go and execute it. But uh, I've really not felt any pressure in terms of expectations. We're just trying to get the kids to perform. Uh, and we want to put De La Salle up against the best teams in the state and see where we, uh, you know, see where the chips fall. You know, when you look, you looked at the bracket before it started, of course, E.D. White, Catholic, the number one seed, their defenses shut people down all year. Uh, De La Salle whipped them in the semis last year in the game that we broadcast. And, of course, St. Thomas Moore, I think people had forgotten about them. But now, with Walker Howard back, I mean, they're scoring points like an adding machine. So they're clearly in this mix to go along with you high and De La Salle. I think, you know, those four teams are, are, are clearly the class of this particular division. You see that being the case as well? Absolutely. Absolutely. And I said last night after the game, I think the Division Two bracket is it, one of the stronger brackets out there. Um, you know, it, it is very top heavy. I know it's at the bottom, it, it might not be great, but it is very top heavy. I mean, you're talking about four or five teams that could definitely win the state championship. Um, I think Dallasau, U High, E.D. White, St. Thomas Moore are, you know, and I don't want to forget Loyola Prep because they're, um, you know, if we were able to finish you uh, high, uh, we would have to uh, go to Loyola Prep. You know, um, it, it's a very tough division, too. I'm, I'm looking forward to this challenge. I wanted this challenge to be uh, against you high in the semifinals of the championship. But, you know, let's see how we face against probably the best team in Division Two. And, you know, Coach, when people ask you about this situation and, and why you have to travel and – and and what's what's gone down? What do what do you say when when people ask? Well, I'm sorry, uh, you, you kind of cut out there at the end. Ed, say that one when, more time. When, when when people ask about the situation that you were in, you should have been home. You got to travel. Uh, you know all all the stuff that transpired with the LHSAA. What do you tell them? You know, this is just adversity. This is adversity. You know. Um, People are put in these situations. We thought we were going to have two home games and then uh, go on the road for the semifinals, and instead we're going to get on a bus and travel three pretty far road games. Uh, and so we just have to rise to that challenge. That's what I told the kids when this first happened. Guys, you know, we've been on buses this year. We've gone to Lake Charles. We've gone to Scotlandville. Uh, we can get, you know, we can have a road game and, and go beat a very good team in a hostile environment. And so this is just more adversity for us. Uh, if you think about what could have been or what should have happened or, or, or what your feelings are, uh, then you kind of, you know, distract yourself on what the, the focus is. So we're right now all we care about is that we're trying to put together a great plan for UI, and Friday we're going to drive up to Baton Rouge um, and see how we fare against uh, probably the best team in Division Two. Ned and I mentioned this uh, before we let's get away, but, you know, it's separate divisions, it's separate schools, but similar situations with De La Salle and Brother Martin, both of them made no attempt to cheat whatsoever and got punished because of discrepancies in how things are analyzed. I mean, that's truly what happened without getting into extraneous detail. I think anybody that reviewed that would see this. So I did not agree with the rulings only because I think it punishes the kids and the coaches who had nothing to do with whatever happened. I certainly would have agreed to a fine or anything else. But that said, it seems to me that in both cases, these programs have galvanized around the cause even more and are more determined to accomplish the ultimate goal, which is to win a state championship. Would that be accurate? 
Absolutely, absolutely. Our kids have never uh, hung their heads for a second. We've rallied around uh, our students, our student athletes, you know, in question. Uh, and um, I, I think it's brought our team closer together, you know, um, and that's kind of how we sold it to them um, in terms of, uh, you know, all it means is that we're going to go on the road and we're going to play good teams. And, and I think the kids are hungry for that, you know. This is why in the regular season you want to put your kids in those kind of environments. You don't want to play uh, – you don't want to play games where you're, you're, you're mass-subbing your whole team at halftime. You want to go on the road. You want to play really, really good teams because when you get in the playoffs, your kids are used to that kind of environment and used to that. And, and that, that, that's what we've seen so far. You know, the Turlings game was an awesome win, our best win for the season um, by far. Uh, and now we have an even bigger challenge in front of us this week. So I'm looking forward to it. You know, I thought it was interesting, Coach, listening to Cole in his interview with Richie last night, Cole Milford, your quarterback, saying the only thing we're going to have to do now is win from the bottom up, and that's what we have to do. I thought it was a pretty interesting take. Absolutely, absolutely. And that's how the team is kind of um, – uh, that's been our mindset, you know, since this all happened is that, you know, you were going to have to play these teams. You were going to have to play a couple of these teams anyway. Now you're going to have to play them on the road, and you're going to have to play them in the first and second round. And so – Let's go. Let's go indeed. Boy, big one next week. De La Salle, U-High on the LSU campus on Friday night. Should be a terrific football game. And, of course, we'll have coverage on it here on the original, and it'll have coverage on Friday night football. And, and uh, really looking forward to that game and the challenge that awaits you. And, yeah, I think it's the right approach. I agree with you a 1,000%. You would have had to play them anyway at some point. The bottom line is your team still has an opportunity. I don't know this team's determined to – to accomplish the goal. So nothing but the best to the Cavaliers. Uh, just a, a great win last night, Graham. Congratulations. Keep up the good work and nothing but success moving forward here. Thank you guys very much. I really appreciate it. And Ed, thanks for covering us last night. Uh, I did appreciate seeing the camera crew there. Coach, we, uh, you, might, you might see us in Baton Rouge on, on Friday too. Will you talk to us after the game or will you say no comment? Absolutely. I will always give time for Friday night football <laughs> coach you're, <laughs> you're a good man coach I appreciate you good luck yeah I thank you guys Graham Everybody. thank you appreciate it man Graham Jarrett of the De La Salle Cavaliers a very impressive win again that Charlie's Catholic team that can really score and to shut them down like that 34 to 3 is impressive and Ed, the, before we wrap that one up the, the the point I brought up about the kicking game is so huge Kentrell Millett is a brilliant punter and Gabe Capasso is a good kicker and in the playoffs, so many games are decided like that, just like we talked about the Carver game last night. You know, the kicking game makes all the difference in the world. So I think that gives them a, a slight advantage over most mm -hmm. opponents they will face. Yeah, well, let, let's hope it works out for them. You know, it would be great to see them uh, have a lot of success in the tournament. Look, we pull for all local teams. Uh, we're big fans of the sport period. But it's easy to get caught up in, in hoping for success for De La Salle and Brother Martin right now because of the adversity they've dealt with and because they've got good people involved in their schools and programs. It's, that, that's an easy thing to say, right? Oh, yeah. It, it would be, uh, it would be a, a great story if, if, uh, if they could continue to have, uh, have a lot of success. And, you know, here's the, here's the deal. When, when you're on the bottom like that, like they are at 10, Kenny, even if they win this week, then potentially – uh, they're looking at going to Loyola Prep, although I think Vanderbilt Catholic is uh, 
a team on the come. Uh, it's going to be tough for them, though, to go up there and win. No doubt. Going to be a very, uh, very fun week coming up. So we've discussed the high school playoffs at length. We hope you've enjoyed the coverage and the talk. And we can continue to take calls on that if you like at 504-260-1061, 260-1061. When we return, Tulane in action this afternoon. We'll talk about that. Still to come, LSU, the Saints, Pelicans, and more with your calls at 504-260-1061. Three Tailgater Show continues in a moment. Ken and Ed on 1061 FM, Nash Icon, and on the web at NashFM1061.com. I got to tell you, the Ford F-150 and I, well, we're kind of like family. Ford's the number one selling truck in America for 42 years, and Lamarck's the number one Ford dealer. So come get your number one truck from your number one dealer, Lamarck Ford, where everybody gets remarkable deals and service. And wait till you see what we've done and still doing to the big store in Kenner. We're using local money, not Wall Street money. Visit Lamarck.com for more details. Drive safely, my friends. Number one claim based on 2018 new Ford vehicle retail sales report in this region's own E. Get Diamonds Direct's unbeatable price, plus an extra 20% off virtually everything. Yes! It's happening next weekend. November 19th through 21st. Three days of spectacular store-wide savings. All rings, all earrings, all pendants, all bracelets, all on sale. This is the biggest and last sale of the year. The one where they break all the rules. The selection is like double the norm. Designers are here with their entire lines. All at the absolute lowest prices of the year. Plus special financing. Next weekend. Details at DiamondsDirect.com. On Severn Avenue, across from Lake Side Mall. Exodus chapter 2 tells the story of the children of Israel in Egypt. It said they continued to groan under the burden of their bondage. They cried out for help, and their cry rose up to God. It said God heard their groaning. He remembered his covenant promise to Abraham, and he looked down on the people of Israel, and he knew it was time to act. Well, let me, let me give you some more good news for right now. In the middle of your most difficult times, know this, God has not changed. He still sees, he still hears, he still remembers. This is Michael Green inviting you to join me and Linda this week at LifeGate, 1317 Butternut Avenue in Metairie. We start at 10 o'clock. We will worship and we will speak words of peace, encouragement, and Holy Spirit insight. Follow us on Facebook at LifeGate Church Ministries, or you can follow the messages on YouTube, Michael Green, LifeGate Ministries. But in the meantime, remember this, he sees, he hears, and he remembers. <laughs> That's good news. Top service, locally owned, outstanding deals, conveniently located, professionals motivated to sell where the customer comes first. That describes the experience at Premier Automotive Group, where you'll find the best prices anywhere on Toyota, Honda, Nissan, Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, Ram, and Kia. Premier Automotive offers a warranty for life on its vehicles and a money-back guarantee. Visit my friend Troy Duhon at one of his outstanding dealerships, Toyota of New Orleans, Premier Chrysler, Jeep, Dodge, Ram, Fiat, Premier Honda in New Orleans, Premier Nissan in Metairie, and Premier Kia in Kenner. COVID, Delta, Ida. Our hospitals have had a tough year, but there's something you can do to help them. Visit thebloodcenter.org and schedule a life-saving appointment today. Your blood donation can save up to three lives. And with blood supplies nationally at an all-time low, you'll know that your donation will go to helping someone locally. Visit thebloodcenter.org today and save a life tomorrow. The Blood Center, this is how life flows. 
For 15 years, the RNL Carriers New Orleans Bowl has been proud to support one of the area's great traditions, high school football, and the Prep Football Player of the Week Award. The RNL Carriers New Orleans Bowl's weekly recognition of excellence on the field of high school student athletes reflects our understanding of the importance of athletics in the development of our youth. The Prep Player of the Year will be presented the Ronald D. Gardner Award on the field at the Caesar Superdome during the 2021 RNL Carriers New Orleans Bowl, Saturday night, December 18th. Tickets available now at NewOrleansBowl.com. You want the total sports package? Let's talk prep, college, pro, all sports, all the time. You get it all from the three tailgaters on 1061 Nash Icon, Nash FM 1061.com, and through CrescentCitySports.com with Ken and Ed. Give us a call at 504-260-1061. Ken and Ed with you as we march on. Rudy Dixon, our producer. Again, it's 504-260-1061 to join in the conversation. Let's check out Papa, who joins us from Kenner. Papa, thanks for the call, and welcome to the show. Good morning. Morning, gentlemen. I want to thank you all for many years of entertainment and knowledge. I got a comment and a question. The comment is, uh, yeah, they need to fix the appeals uh, process or something, because, uh, you know, when you, when you make a small mistake like that and it costs you like it did, that's just that ruins, that ruins the entertainment value, too. And I would, not only what it does to the schools and the kids, just yeah, they got to fix that. Well, I mean, yeah, you know, look. Uh, yeah, go I, ahead. I, I agree with you, Paw Paw. But uh, entertainment value, I, I, I agree with you there too. But that's that's not part of the equation there, buddy. Unfortunately. Well, I think it's again each case is individual, but I believe in circumstances like these, knowing what we know, I certainly feel, and it doesn't mean I'm right or wrong, but I feel like nothing more than a fine would have been appropriate because mm -hmm. these were not schools trying to circumvent rules or cheat at all. These were interpretations, discrepancies with regard to credit and eligibility for certain student-athletes. And without getting into the individuals, you know, on one, one team, a young man was a solid contributor but not a star. On the other team, the player was a part-time starter, not a star. This was, wasn't as though they were trying to get some elite player on the field to win games and circumvent the rules. This was simply discrepancy about eligibility, about requirements, and about credits being applied and how they were applied. And that's why both schools strenuously objected and filed appeals and, and had, in their minds, pretty good cases, but they were dismissed outright. So look, LHSA has a tough job. Investigators have a tough job. I get it. And I certainly understand when something isn't kosher that they've got to put something in place from an enforcement perspective. But I think in these particular cases, it, it might have been better served to simply administer a fine, but not to punish the schools on the field the way they punished them. And in these particular individual cases, that's my feeling. Uh, I like the fine. Uh, that sounds good. My, my question is for Ed. Ed, I've been listening to, to Kenny Trahan's original restaurant roundup for a <laughs> lot of years. And my question is this. Yeah, he still hasn't taken me to a stay, nice restaurant either. But go ahead. How, how does he stay so svelte? Oh, I don't know. I mean, you haven't seen him lately. We're going to have to take a picture. We're going to have to take a picture. And Look, at, at, at 12 o'clock, before I go to Baton Rouge, I'm going to the gym for an hour. Now, if he wants oh. to join me there, he's more than welcome, okay? He's more than welcome, but 
he likes to go out and eat lunch too much, and and I don't really, uh, I I don't really have that that opportunity. I'm not like him. I'm not a I'm not a big shot like him. Well, you know, I I, I admire his dedication to helping the restaurants of New Orleans come back from. He's going to do it all by himself. I mean, he's going to lead the comeback all all by himself. He's definitely a hero. You guys take Uh, care. All right, man. Thank you, Papa. (laughs) This guy, look, great people. Uh, Really appreciate the restaurants that support the show. And, And look, we put together a model, and Ed knows this, you know, nearly three decades ago, about how are you going to make this happen to do a show like this where you're encompassing needing the support of a lot of people many of whom are not paid, most of whom are not paid, but volunteering to be able to gather all the things you need to gather with coverage of games and scores and everything else, and not just locally and regionally, but statewide. And I said, I've got a plan, and the way to do it was to to bring in restaurant partners that could be supportive to be able to provide some compensation for said contributors. And it's paid off handsomely. It's not an easy thing to do, uh, but it's something that, we relish, and that's why you hear uh, the frequent mentions of all the restaurants on the show. And we're greatly appreciative of them. I know the person that's most appreciative of them, and I don't even need to say the name. Ed Daniels can certainly say the name. Because every year at the end of the year, when these gift cards are distributed, Ed Daniels has someone that is absolutely <laughs> commandeering those immediately. <laughs> uh, no question. She knows what time of year it is. <laughs> it's, it's all good. But we are grateful to all of those who support the show, and you'll always hear those, those names called. And, I do, and, I, and look, on the final point you made before we get to break and get to more calls, 2601061, we do want to champion these restaurants in our region. They've suffered immeasurably over the last year and a half, and they need our support. We need to get there. And, yeah, I do go eat lunch a lot, and I'm going to keep doing that because I want to support those people and support the people that support us. Aside from the fact that I do like to eat, it's my one vice in life, I'm going to do that. Oh, by the way, I work out a minimum of three times a week at my health club, but it probably needs to be like seven to have any shot at keeping this in check. That's all I'm saying. All right, it's 504-260-1061 to join us. A brief timeout. Back to your calls. Terry, you're next with more calls as the second hour begins of the Three Tailgater Show here on 1061 FM Nash Icon and at NashFM1061.com. Since 1935, the All-State Sugar Bowl has been a proud New Orleans New Year's Day tradition. Through its annual support of college football and amateur sports, the Sugar Bowl attracts hundreds of thousands of visitors to the state, providing countless opportunities for young people. Resources from these events enable the Sugar Bowl to support education and community programs impacting thousands of New Orleans area teachers and citizens. The Allstate Sugar Bowl, proud to host the best of the Big 12 and the SEC in the Superdome on New Year's Day 2022. Hey, did you hear about the three little pigs and their houses of straw, sticks, and bricks? Well, did you know there was a fourth pig? Well, he got a metal roof from Walker Metals. So the fourth pig told the wolf, you can't get me since my roof is made of steel. So the wolf huffed and puffed and uh, the rest was history. Come by Walker Metals or call 225-791-7791 so we can explain how a metal roof can protect your home against wind, hail, fire, and save you on your rising energy bills. Stop by or call Walker Metals today. 225-791-7791. Love your new metal roof from Walker Metals. Louisiana manufactured, Louisiana proud. 
need a new roof? Walker Metals has you covered. Walker Metals is a local manufacturer of metal roofing products. You may pay a little more than shingles, but a metal roof from Walker Metals will last you your lifetime. We sell direct to residential, commercial, and contractors. Stop by or call Walker Metals today at 225-791-7791 or visit walkermetalroofing.com. I got to tell you, the Ford F-150 and I, well, we're kind of like family. Ford's the number one selling truck in America for 42 years, and Lamarck's the number one Ford dealer. So come get your number one truck from your number one dealer, Lamarck Ford, where everybody gets remarkable deals and service. And wait till you see what we've done and still doing to the big store in Kenner. We're using local money, not Wall Street money. Visit Lamarck.com for more details. Drive safely, my friends. Number one claim based on 2018 new Ford vehicle retail sales report, Memphis Region Zone E. Ken Trahan here with Scott Craig of Francesca by Katie's Deli Pizzeria, 515 Harrison Avenue in Lakeview. We both love high school sports and the St. Louis Cardinals. That's a big amen. And we both love great food at a great location. That's a bigger amen. Francesca by Katie's hands and all. That includes daily specials, building your own sandwiches and pizzas, delicious burgers, scrumptious salads, and a kid's menu. Francesca by Katie's is also host of Ken Trahan's Original Prep Football Report. We love supporting our area schools. It's a shame not everybody can go to Brother Mark. Or Rommel. If you don't come, you're to blame. You'll be glad you came. Francesca by Katie's, 515 Harrison Avenue in Lakeview. Hi, this is John from the Silver Slipper Casino with more good news just for you. Now when you come and play any of your favorite slots or table games here at the Slipper, any day in October, November, and December, you'll have a chance to win an HD Smart Fire TV every night at 7 p.m. That's right, we're giving away one of these great smart TVs every day for three months. We're on the beach here in Hancock County, Silver Slipper Casino. As always, we are proud to be your host on the coast. Wake up your senses at Louisiana's newest Harley-Davidson. Zydeco Harley-Davidson in Homa. 30,000 square feet of pure motorcycle mayhem. Zydeco Harley-Davidson in Homa has over 100 new and selective pre-owned Harley-Davidsons available right now. For every riding style and budget, Zydeco Harley-Davidson in Homa has the motorcycle for you. Come pass a good time in the bayou at Zydeco Harley-Davidson. With new arrivals of the latest in style, fashion, and riding gear in their motor clothes department. Check out over $250,000 of the latest parts and accessories. Repairs, upgrades, and customization are there for you at Zydeco Harley-Davidson's award-winning service department. Check out their dynoing service, which maximizes the horsepower and torque of your motorcycle. It's Zydeco Harley-Davidson in Homa. Follow on Facebook and ZydecoHD.com for their next event, party schedule, and more. Anytime, anywhere. Smartphone, tune in radio app. We are 1061 Nash Icon, WRKN, Picayune, New Orleans. The second hour begins. It's the Three Tailgater Show on 1061 Nash Icon, Nash FM 1061.com, and at CrescentCitySports.com. Be a part of the show now. Call 504 260 1061. Back to Ken Trahan and Ed Daniels. And right to our calls, 2601061 to join us is Terry and Slidell. Terry, thanks for the call. Welcome to the Three Tailgater Show. Good morning. Hey, man, that slight, them, them, that, that set of pigs that were fly, you know, flying in the Tuscaloosa, they almost landed. Woo! That, my son was at the game, Ed, and he, and Kenny, he said those Alabama fans, third part of the anatomy was puckering up because they had no earthy idea it was going to be like that. And I guess nobody else did either. And usually the Alabama fans will run their mouths after the, you know, when the game's over, they wouldn't even talk to the LSU fans. They were so embarrassed. 
<laughs> well, that's certainly different because uh, as I've walked to the stadium and walked out of it uh, many times at Bryant Denny, uh, I've had a lot of people chirping in my ear, uh, even though I wasn't wearing purple or gold, but I looked like an outsider. Let's just put it that way. I wasn't in red. Yeah, I've, I've been, I've been there too, and I, you know, but uh, he said, <laughs> man, I, that squadron of pigs almost, almost landed on the field. <laughs> they, you know, and then my son was said that they was they need what they want saving fired, man. He said well, team's not ready, is not prepared. They don't have a good off. I mean, we need to get a new coach. <laughs> They're crazy. Well, They're cra- <laughs> well, here's here's the thing, Terry. Look. People can talk about coaching all they want, and yes, it is important. But here's the bottom line. Just like LSU in 2019, look at all the guys who are not on their roster anymore. Oh, I'm, I'm at it. All right. Kenny, they I'm, had six. I'm, I know they calculate the rushing yards differently in college football, Terry, but they had six rushing yards in the game. Six, that's, that's, that's six rushing yards in the game. All right? And there's a reason why. They're not nearly as good at running back, and they're not nearly as good up front as they've been in the past. And the difference in the game was their quarterback. He made enough plays for them to win the game. If, if they have an average player at quarterback, LSU beats them. Well, let me take, let me take that a step further. He, he made enough plays, Bryce Young, to win, and Max Johnson did not make enough plays to win. Exactly and there were right. plays that were there to be made, so as a result... Where does LSU go with its quarterback position moving forward? Well, I can tell you one of those plays is that fourth and ten, fourth and nine, when he missed Jack Best for about six or yep. seven inches. Sure I mean, did. If they have put that ball, if they would have put the ball low towards the ground, Jack, he's going to make that catch. And yeah, you know, he come close to making the catch, but it was just a little. It was like six or seven inches too high, and, and I think he'd have made it if it had been a one-hand catch. But if he had a chance to get, I think he'd have made because he, he is going to be a fine wide receiver, a very fine wide receiver before it's over. Well, you know, look, I I know why LSU is uh, is it's a little curious thing with with Nussmeyer this week, but um, I think it's warranted based on on what happened. I just do. Well, I mean, I just think when you – the last three games they've thrown for 423 yards. And I know they're missing Booty, uh, but that's just not going to get it done. And Max Johnson's not played badly. Uh, he's, he's been competent to solid, sometimes pretty good. But he's not progressing. He's retreating too much in the pocket rather than stepping up or going left or right. And he's missing throws. The thing that Max Johnson does best is his accuracy, and we haven't seen that. Uh, in recent games, and to me, if he's not accurate, uh, then clearly there's an issue there. Nussmeyer clearly has a stronger arm, uh, and he's going to take more chances. And, and, you know, what is there to lose moving forward because Ed Ogeron's not going to be the coach moving forward? Walker Howard's lingering, and and whether or not he holds that commitment uh, is huge, and we'll see because he's a really special player. But look, I, I get it, and, you know, people have asked about it this week. I understand what they're doing with regard to the quarterback position. And, Ed, I'm guessing we're going to see both of them today. Oh, yeah, we are. No question. He, uh, I know Jerron on, on, uh, on Monday I was at his uh, news conference in Baton Rouge, and he said that we will see both guys. So You know, uh, Ed, Ed and Kenny? Yes, sir. Yeah. Realize this. Uh, Davis has a, I mean, uh, has a chance to get 1,000 yards as bad as LSU's running game was. 
Mm-hmm. He's got over 750. He gets 150, 60 yards, like 100 yards a game. He's got a thousand yard rushing, and that would be that would be unbelievable with how we rush the ball for six or seven games of the year. Well, I think that's because they changed their approach. They changed their scheme. Uh, they changed tight ends. They brought in an extra blocking tight end as a tackle, and and they changed their approach and they made a commitment to run the ball and to run it with different personnel, and it clearly worked. You know why they didn't arrive at that a little bit earlier. I don't know, but they didn't. And when they did, uh, Price obviously found a little bit of space to run, and he's a pretty solid player. Not a great player, but he's a good player. I don't know who to pull for tonight. I got to see. Do I pull for the Tigers or do I pull for the team that uh, has got a pig and helped me uh, save my life? <laughs> <laughs> I hear you, buddy. Terry, hey, always, a, always a pleasure, hey. buddy. Uh, you too, man. Thank you, Terry. Appreciate it. It's 504-260-1061. Mr. Greeny checks in. Mr. Greeny, what's on your mind? Well, thanks, man. I ain't talked to y'all since, I don't know where, since Doomsday, you know. But I want to talk about, yes, Tulane football. Took a mm-hmm. nose dive south instead of going up north. But I say this, my prediction that the entire coaching staff will be fired when the football season comes in, this is ridiculous. They give out too much points and too much yardage. Whereas passing or, or running with the football, they will be fired. I don't know who Tulane get for a new coach. They should get a coach, uh, an assistant from Alabama, and least the least, they need to move the campus away from the town New Orleans. Tulane would get better if they stay where they at. They can continue to do. What they've been doing. Goodbye, Kenny. All right, thank you. Entire coaching staff will not be fired. Willie Fritz will certainly not be fired. I do expect he'll probably make coaching staff changes. Bottom line is they played better on defense the last two weeks after being historically bad up until then. And now the problem really is focused on the other side of the ball, the offense. I mean, Ed, all you got to do is look at what they've done. Since they scored 69 against Morgan State, they've scored 21, 21, 29, 22, 26, 12 and 10. That is just not going to get it done. This offense just hasn't done the job. No, um, you know, they're, they're, of course, their quarterback's been hurt, and but I think the problems are deeper. I don't think their offensive line has performed very well at all, Kenny, and that to me has been a big problem for them. Well, it has, uh, but it's a failure overall. They just haven't done look, anything well enough. They don't have well any enough. receivers either, Kenny. No, they don't. I mean, yeah. They I don't. Mean, not, they... Not, that, that's not fair. They do. They do have some receivers. They don't have enough. They're not. They're not good enough. That. That's. Right. Let's. Right. Let's phrase it differently. They're not good right. enough. But how long have we been saying that? I mean, Darnell no, Mooney was a good player. But... I agree, and I. And you know what? I think they've got to get the ball more to 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 Jaquan Jackson because mm-hmm. uh, he's clearly, to me, their best option there. Yeah, well, he had an injury earlier in the year, uh, yes, but he did. clearly he's a guy that can make plays. He was probably the best last year. So I agree with you. I think get in the ball more, give them a chance. Uh, running the ball better now with Tajay Spears getting healthier, and if Michael Pratt's healthier, hey, this is a game today against Tulsa at home. If you know if they're going to win another game or two, they got to win this game today, Ed. Yep, no question about that, Kenny. Now look, they they need a, a win over a Division One opponent. Yes. Yeah, because their only win was, as mentioned, over Morgan State. So it's been a bad year. But to the caller's point, I do expect there will be changes on staff, but certainly not a change at the top of the program with the head coach. 
No, I don't agree with that either. I don't think that's going to happen. 260-1061. That's 504-260-1061. I'm listening online on NashFM1061.com. Boston, Massachusetts. Here's Scott. Hey, Scott, always a pleasure. Welcome to the show. Good morning. Good morning, gentlemen. Uh, thanks for having me on. Uh, Ken, I wanted to discuss with you about your article on Crescent City Sports about uh, UNO trying to add football. Mm-hmm. And uh, kind of going back to a point Ed's uh, constantly made over the years, uh, granted it's not exactly the same, but uh, obviously Ed has always brought up that he thinks, uh, believes, uh, and I would agree that Tulane should have devoted a lot of its resources to basketball instead of football. And I, I feel strongly the same way about UNO. I, I feel, and not necessarily basketball, but I feel like there's a huge, huge vacuum for soccer in Louisiana. And I, UNO in New Orleans, it's a destination city, especially for Latin and South America. And then just the community. I mean, all of my cousins played uh, soccer at Sacred Heart, and there's really nowhere for them to go. And soccer obviously continues to grow, and I, I just think it's a huge opportunity for UNO to really um, look for ways to differentiate itself from other schools. I, I feel like... I, I mean, I, I feel like the only way football could really work is if the city really helped build the stadium and then have it used, like, for a lot of high schools. But, um, but besides uh, soccer, I mean, obviously it's more of a pipe dream, but wrestling, uh, I feel like there's no wrestling in Louisiana. And then the other one, obviously this one would be more expensive, but there's no softball in New Orleans. And, but my big one is, and then you, I, I feel like New Orleans and UNO could really differentiate itself, adding lacrosse as well as that sport continues to grow. Granted, it could be a decade or two before it starts moving from the Carolinas and Florida over toward Texas and so forth. But it, it's still a, a, another way for UNO to differentiate itself and not devote so much money uh, to football. Well, you, you bring up a lot. That's a lot to chew on. Uh, first of all, soccer is a, a sport that is a vacuum locally on that level, and there are soccer programs everywhere, and it is a sport that's legitimate in terms of its growth and its interest level, so I don't disagree with you there. Uh, with regard to all the sports you mentioned, every one of them has a common denominator. They all have cost involved. You mentioned softball. Look, I was a senior administrator at UNO, and much of this came up, and football was clearly a priority, and I think it should be. Uh, to counter your thought process, how can you play football at 13 schools in Louisiana, many of which are far smaller than the University of New Orleans, and you can't have a plan to do so? Uh, I just find that to be a little bit bemusing, frankly. And I don't see any reason why that couldn't happen because soccer's growing, lacrosse has interest in everything, but nothing comes close to football. Basketball is not one-tenth of what football is in this region, in this city, in this state under any circumstances. The one window to opportunity and the one window to recognition and free publicity and translating into admissions is football. And I have believed that for the longest time. If you don't believe in it, if you don't think you can get it done, if it's always, well, it's too much money, well, you're never going to get it done. I guess it's not too much money for Centenary, which has less than 1,000 students. I guess it's not too much for Louisiana College, which is a small school. I guess it's not too much for the other Southland Conference brethren at Southeastern, which brought it back and raised money and nickels. And I could go on and on about who's playing, as I wrote about in the particular piece that you reference. And with regard to the other sports, wrestling's a great void. 
LSU had a good program. They dropped it. Nobody does it. Why? Cost involved? Again. And when you choose to add sports, what do you add? And I'm not demeaning the sport. Ed and I both love bowling, and we're bowlers, okay, all of our lives until a certain point. But when Tulane had to become compliant and add sports, what did they add? They added bowling. Why? Far less cost. That's why. So I think it's, it's a situation where there's a whole bunch to, to chew on and plug in when you're talking about it. But ultimately, if you want to be noticed, if you want to get any sort of publicity, UNO gets little or no publicity whatsoever. Uh, for the other sports. And of course, they get little or, or, or no fan attendance either, unfortunately, based upon where they're at now as compared to where they once were. And it's terribly unfortunate because I love the place and spent an enormous amount of time there. And Ed has been around it for a long time too. He even joined me for a few years doing games. So to me, uh, clearly and ultimately, uh, I think we live in a society and we live in a world where we should be asking the question, how do we do something rather than, oh, we can't do that or climb that mountain. Ed? Well, uh, I, I didn't say that Tulane should focus on basketball. What I said, or at least what I meant to say, let's put it this way, is I thought that the footprint at Yulman Stadium could have been used for better things, either a basketball arena of 6,000 with some parking around it or – an indoor football facility that was a Taj Mahal, sort of like what Memphis is building. I thought they would be better served there. And to continue to play in the, um, in the Superdome. I wasn't a proponent for Yeoman Stadium. Now, I am a proponent for two-line basketball because I think uh, that's a way for them to become a high-profile a high um uh, institution like a George Mason or a or a Butler. Look what basketball has did for Butler over the last uh, 20 or 30 years as a university. And it's going to be harder now for Tulane to make a, a real impact in football because three of the best schools in the American, which are a good league, of course, Houston, Central Florida, and um, Cincinnati are all going to the Big 12. So it's going to be even harder. So to me, when I look at, at the way that you can, if you're Tulane University, you can improve your profile is to be good in those sports as well as football because basketball and the NCAA baseball tournament in the College World Series get you a lot of exposure. When's the last time Rice has been on a national stage? When they went to Omaha and won the tournament, right? So... That's just my feeling on it. And as far as UNO is concerned, I've always thought that UNO should play football. And here's the thing about UNO. They've got a perfect area in the back back there to build their own stadium overlooking the lake, which would be fantastic. And there's no reason why within a, a space of three to five years that they couldn't be, uh, you know, or a really good football program in the South in the Southland Conference. If they can do it at Northwestern State, if they can do it at Southeastern, if they can do it at Nichols, there's no reason why you can't do it at UNO. And the thing about UNO is, is that you would have an instant recruiting base, the in, the entire metro area of New Orleans. You would you wouldn't have to leave. You wouldn't have to drive 20 minutes to get any of your recruits. And to me, it's a missed opportunity. 
Well, in addition to that, most of that space now is taken behind the arena and such. It was not when I was there previously, and we had serious discussions about building a stadium and met with athletic directors from Catholic League institutions about doing so, and the whole process was was obvious. Number one, you would attract high school games uh, to your campus on a regular basis. Number two, you'd have a track, which would benefit your own track and field program, which would have been a huge. Number three, it would create the opportunity to have a soccer program if you deem to go in that direction to be compliant with the number of sports you have to have to be in the Division One or FBS school. And number four, you'd be able to bring soccer matches and track and field meets to your campus. And what better way to be able to recruit prospective student athletes than having those sports on your campus? I just thought it was the way to go. Uh, it was an opportunity. Uh, we didn't get it done. Uh, and obviously, there's a, I will say this, uh, Scott, and uh, there's a master plan at the University of New Orleans, I'm told by sources, that's going to be put out very soon, about, uh, which will include the future of athletics and how they intend to grow athletics. Because as I wrote about, they still have a viable, solid facility in Lakefront Arena uh, for basketball. And in baseball, you know, we got upgrades, part of which I was involved in it. What is now Maestri Field at Privateer Park, is it the best facility? No. But is it suitable? Sure. Uh, it's, it's, it's competent, certainly at the Southland Conference level. So those things are there. They have to win consistently. But you're in a marketplace with the bigger discussion where football dominates everything. It always has. It always will. Ed and I are doing television and radio shows last night with vast audiences on high school football. Meanwhile, college football is full throttle. The New Orleans Saints are full throttle. And the New Orleans Pelicans are playing a game last night at home. How many people were there? And how many people truly care at this stage? The argument is they'll care when the season, the football season's over with, but that's January or whatever the case may be. But is there genuine interest? The, the answer is there's some interest, but it's not significant because football rules by a large, large margin. And basketball entities, even the Pelicans, much less University of New Orleans, or Tulane, have to be successful to garner any attention. That's just the way we operate here, for better or for worse. And it's a football, football-centric area, and it's not even close uh, by comparison to anything else, Ed. No, I agree. And, you know, look, that, that's, that's what it takes to, um, to, uh, to get people interested, and I think that uh, that's, that's definitely an area that UNO should move in and – if they want to improve their profile and and they and and if you go back and look and I think Kenny these club football games were pretty well attended weren't yeah, they? Yeah, they had they had they had local players and they had some attendance level. Yes. And yes, that existed in different iterations over an extended period of time. But I just think there's naturals here with regard to the recruiting base, as you mentioned, a public institution, there are 86% of the students or so make their homes here and contribute to the economy. And you don't play football. So, you know, out of sight, I, I like to say, and I used to say this when I worked there, Ed, we were out of sight, out of mind for a large portion of the year because there was a vacuum with no football. That is correct. Scott, anything you want to add? No, I mean, I, I, I think I could retort on a few things, but I, obviously I understand your passion for football. Like, I, I look, there's a reason that the Southland Conference almost imploded. That yep. I mean, to do football, you have to do it right. And I, I think that's going to be my first concern, is sure. can you and no really do it properly? Because I can look at some D1 schools 
that I, I genuinely thought that South Alabama would, like, skyrocket once they added football. And mm-hmm. it's never happened for them. They're in a prime location. It yep. hasn't happened. Um, but Got a good I, stadium, I, too. Yeah. Yep. yeah. Uh, I'll ask one quick question, though. Sure. Is New Orleans still, as a city, a recruiting tool at all? Or do you think it's lost its luster? And I'll hang up and listen. Thanks, that's a good. That's a good question, Scott. Thank you. Appreciate the call. That's a good question, Ed. I think it is. Yeah, well. Maybe, maybe not as much as it was at one point, but I still think it is. Yeah, well, I, I think uh, that's, that's probably, um, I think, gone down a little bit. And here's another thing that, 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 uh, that is different is that, you know, Kenny, everybody's on television. So I don't think television is, 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 a, is as a recruiting tool. I, th- I think a, a recruiting tool is, is how many guys you send to the NFL. I think that's a that's a gigantic recruiting tool. Well, I think your school is a recruiting tool uh, if you have assets and it's attractive to student athletes. I think the metropolitan area, from its entertainment base, is is can be attractive. Uh, certainly, facilities matter. And and let me take that one step further, Ed, just to extrapolate out on the conversation. Another stadium is needed. UNO certainly would have been a great location, but if that doesn't happen. There's a prime place to play, and you know where it is. Oh, is that for Fields? It's on Point. No, it's on Poydras Street, buddy. Oh well, well, I mean, look, I but but you know what they charge for rent on Poydras Street? I understand that, but you've got I mean, to find a never way. Gonna, Kenny, I, I I'm 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 not disagreeing with you. Okay? Yeah, I'm not disagreeing <laughs> with you. And it, but but they're not going to allow that to happen. The rents are, the rents are just not going to. To me. To me, the, the, the thing to do is if we're not going to play minor league baseball at, at Zephyr Field, if that's not going to happen, then, um, then something needs to be done about that place. But I don't see that even yeah. being done. I no, mean, I, I don't either. No, I don't see any momentum anywhere. All right? No, I don't that's either. All. I don't either. And look, and, and I, spoke, I spoke at a, um, uh, a Chateau uh, Estates – uh, Civic Association meeting on um, on Wednesday night, and one of the things I said was that the city of Kenner ought to spend the money and use the infrastructure of the Pontchartrain Center as far as the electricity and the water, okay, and and do that and and build a stadium next to the Pontchartrain Center. But the one thing that it would be is it would be enclosed. That's that's what I would do. Yeah, look, I, I, as far as the baseball stadium is concerned, I spoke at Divine Mercy's Men's Club a week and a half ago, and the first question I got was about minor league baseball. And I said that effort is, is uh, it's not dead, but it's kind, of, it's kind of waned and died on the vine to a degree because of Major League Baseball taking over minor league baseball. And the only way you can get a team is if you get a team to move. And you'd have to make significant improvements to the facility. You'd have to have an ownership group. All those things matter. And somebody would have to want to move or sell the team. All of that is applicable in that particular circumstance. It's very unfortunate that it doesn't happen. And God bless the rugby team. I wish them nothing but success, but you're only talking about eight dates a year. So mm-hmm. that facility should be, if you're not going to play baseball there, which where you could book 90 to 100 events, obviously, mm-hmm. then you need to turn it into something else. And that something else should be football, soccer. And if rugby's play there, that's great. That's my opinion. Okay? So... And then with regard to Kenner, yeah, it's a great idea, but you've got to have the ingenuity and the creativity, 
and the personalities to be able to step forward and get something done. Clearly, there's an opportunity. Whether it, it happens is another story. It's 504-260-1061. Back to your calls after a brief timeout. Kurt and Bobby, you're next as we continue here on the 3 Tailgater Show on 1061 FM NASH ICON and at NASHFM1061.com. Family owned and operated by a great local family, Bergeron Automotive at 3525 Veterans Boulevard in Metairie has the right vehicle at the right price at precisely the right time for you. From outstanding newly designed 2021 Dodge, Jeep, Ram, or Chrysler products, Bergeron Automotive has what you are looking for. Check out our expansive inventory at bergeronchryslerjeep.com or call 504-321-4217. To experience our idea of luxury, visit Bergeron Volvo on Vets in Metairie or online at bergeronvolvo.com today. Get Diamonds Direct's unbeatable price plus an extra 20% off virtually everything. Yes! It's happening next weekend. November 19th through 21st. Three days of spectacular store-wide savings. All rings, all earrings, all pendants, all bracelets, all on sale. This is the biggest and last sale of the year. The one where they break all the rules. The selection is like double the norm. Designers are here with their entire lines. All at the absolute lowest prices of the year. Plus special financing. Next weekend. Details at DiamondsDirect.com on Severn Avenue across from Lakeside Mall. Wake up your senses at Louisiana's newest Harley-Davidson. Zydeco Harley-Davidson in Homa. 30,000 square feet of pure motorcycle mayhem. Zydeco Harley-Davidson in Homa has over 100 new and selective pre-owned Harley-Davidsons available right now. For every riding style and budget, Zydeco Harley-Davidson in Homa has the motorcycle for you. Come past a good time in the bayou at Zydeco Harley-Davidson. With newer rivals of the latest in style, fashion, and riding gear in their motor clothes department. Check out over $250,000 of the latest parts and accessories. Repairs, upgrades, and customization are there for you at Zydeco Harley-Davidson's award-winning service department. Check out their dynoing service, which maximizes the horsepower and torque of your motorcycle. It's Zydeco Harley-Davidson in Homa. Follow on Facebook and ZydecoHD.com for their next event party schedule, and more. Your life, your hopes, your passions. These things are none of our business. Your baby monitor research, if you're using too much diaper cream, and whatever you were searching for at 1.15 a.m., that's really none of our business. Because your life is private, and unlike other tech companies, we think your internet should be too. <laughs> Aw, how old are they? Uh, that's none of our business either. Protect your privacy online for free with DuckDuckGo. DuckDuckGo. Privacy simplified. Progressive Motorcycle presents Road Wisdom from the Motor. Half man, half motorcycle. If you missed a turn, there's always another turn. Take it to get back to the turn you missed. Progressive Motorcycle also presents Roadside Assistance. Progressive Motorcycle, for those who were born to ride. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Your weekly forum for genuine, substantive talk with a focus on facts and fact-based opinions. Time to share your passion on the Three Tailgaters Show here on 1061 NASH ICON, NASHFM1061.com, and through CrescentCitySports.com. Call 504-260-1061. Kenneth there with you, and right back to your calls. And here is Kurt in New Orleans. Kurt, thanks for the call. Welcome to the Three Tailgater Show. Hey, gentlemen. Thanks for taking my call. Good morning. I wanted to ask you, you know, the game last week, 
the first half, we, we dropped so many footballs. You know, Simeon was, he was throwing pretty good balls, and somebody texted me, you know, if we could put, he said, if we could put the Saints quarterback with the LSU team, you know, the way Johnson, you know, he patched the ball like a baby, he can't let it go, and he's even running out of bounds with the ball. He doesn't, he, you know, he doesn't, bottom line, he doesn't, you know, he doesn't let the ball go enough. But, you know, and then someone brought up during the week Curtis Johnson and the development of the receivers, and, and I don't believe that. I think Curtis is a great coach. And uh, somebody even brought up Deontay Harris, how he's developed as a receiver. Uh, seven, eight targets a game. You know, he's really doing well. And um, I guess it's just we just don't have the talent, right? I mean, I mean, was y'all frustrated when seeing all the drop balls? I mean, we had a much better chance of winning that game if we could have got some scoring early, you know? Well, I, I think it's twofold. Number one, I don't – Curtis Johnson bears no responsibility for receivers dropping ball. It's simply a matter of not having talent on hand. You're counting on undrafted free agents in Callaway and Humphrey. You're counting on Kenny Stills, a guy you let go of previously, you brought back. You're counting on White, a guy who's uh, been a bust and cast off by other teams. I mean, I could keep going if you want, uh, but and you're counting on Traquan Smith, the third-round pick, who's been a mixed bag uh, with this franchise, and Michael Thomas is not here. So, again, you got caught with a group of players that simply isn't that talented. And I know they're trying to defend their group, and I get it, okay? That's their guys. And I'm not saying that some of these guys can't play in the league. Callaway can play in the league, but he's at best a third or fourth guy on an NFL team that's good. And, right. you know, the other right. guys, I mean, that we're talking about, Traquan Smith is at best a third or fourth guy. So that, that's your best guys. So I don't think they have the players to make it happen. And as I've said before, it's post-Drew Brees. It was always going to look like this to a degree. Drew Brees made receivers better, uh, whereas right now they need receivers to make their quarterback better. And I just don't think they have that either at wide receiver or at tight end. And now you take away Alvin Kamara. So it's going to be an well, enormous challenge to throw the football. Well, Kenny, Ed, as far as OBJ, it wasn't a huge contract he got, 1.25 with the Rams. I know he's a guy a little bit older, not a lot. What have you done for me lately? He, he can be a locker room issue. we got a strong locker room. Do you think we should have made a stronger attempt to grab him for this year? Or um, Well, they made, they, made, they, they made the strongest attempt imaginable. They, they were all in. They did everything they could to get him. Bottom line was he just didn't want to come here. He lives in the yeah. Los Angeles area in the offseason, so that's his home. And the Rams are a genuine Super Bowl contender. And don't think for a moment that he didn't look at the situation and say, Matthew Stafford, Trevor Simeon. And because Sean McVay, like Sean Payton, is known to be a very good offensive mind. And the Rams have an elite defense, even though they got beat by the Titans last week. So I think in his mind, he's looking at a one-year deal where he's trying to win a Super Bowl. Then he'll just try to get the most money he can from anywhere else. Look, what kind of player is he going to be? I don't know. You're right. He's not been the same player in the last couple of years. Injuries have contributed, but clearly he would be an upgrade over what you have with the Saints, so that's why they went after him. Ed? Well, I think also they were ready to commit to him for next year as well, weren't they? Exactly. That's what I'm saying. They went all in. Right. So, you know, I'm not not surprised at at all, though, but, you know, uh, because look where he went. I mean, you know, know, if, if the Saints have Drew Brees, I think it's a different story. I mean, he I left a team. He, le- he, he left a team because he wasn't getting a ball, more or less. And you go into a team with arguably the best receiver this year in the league, and Cop with Woods with, with Van Jefferson. So he's, he's got to walk into the same situation, really. 
Well, and not only that, but you know the Saints. Uh, you know the Saints are a team that have run the ball more than they've thrown it. So I'm sure he looked at that too. And you know, if he wants to get the ball, this probably wasn't the great uh, destination location. Although he would have been quote unquote the man. Yeah. And and also look, also from this standpoint, uh, his father tweeting all the game film where. His son was open, and Baker yeah. Mayfield wouldn't throw the throw throw him the ball. That's not a good look either. Okay, that's no, that's ri- frankly that's ridiculous. Yeah, that's 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 not a that's not a good look. Period. I think you mean like two minutes. Yeah, so I just think that it's one of those situations where it wouldn't shock me if they still pursued him after this season. But in this particular instance, look, everybody was trying to convince him. Players on the Saints were texting him. Nelson Stewart, his high school coach, was texting him, as Lenny Van Gilder uh, spoke about in the podcast he did with Nelson this past week. So over and over again, there were tremendous efforts to get him. They just didn't get him. Just like at the trade deadline, they couldn't get him or you know, one or two others yeah. they were going after. They knew they – the point is this, guys. They know they need help. They can say all the nice things they want about their receiving core – but if they really believed in it, why did they go strongly after two guys before the trade deadline, and why did they go all in on trying to get Beckham this time around? I just, I just hope, honestly, guys, I just hope Troutman, we gave up a lot. I mean, anybody can't argue with me. We gave up a lot for him two years ago, several picks. And, and, and he's flashed this year. I think he's done well in certain games. But he's also, you know, he's not going to be pits in Atlanta. But I, I think we, we just we, you know we need to see more consistency from him. You know he's got you know. Well, here's here's you know? here's my read on Troutman, Curtin. I'm glad you brought that up. Here's my read on Troutman. I'm watching a young player play that has ability, but right now, right now yeah. lacks confidence. All right. Wow. That's what I see. That's what I wow. see in Troutman. Now I'm not saying he can't do it because I believe he can. All right. Yeah. And he yeah. has ability, but you know what? Look, he was at a small school. Whereas an athlete, he's better than everybody on the field. Now wow. he's on the field where everybody's a better athlete than him for the most part, at, at least in wow. a lot of positions, all right? So to me, I yeah. think it's one of those things where if he gets a little confidence, he's going to be yeah. fine. But right yeah. now, it's, 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 a little bit of a, it's, a, it's a little bit of a steeper learning curve than he thought it would be. And that's that's not being negative about him. I'm not saying he's not going to be a really good player because I think yeah. he has a chance to be. But right now, yeah. it looks to me like a guy who is just right now needs a shot of confidence. I hate to say it, man. Great insight. If Breeze would be out there this year and, you know, hey, maybe it wouldn't take as much of a curve. You never know. There's well, no look, show in New Orleans. There's no show in New Orleans with better insight than y'all. Thank y'all so much. Right, appreciate it. And Kurt, one other thing about the tight end position. Thanks, sir. Was Kyle Pitts? Was Kyle Pitts the first four or six games a great a great player? No, no. but you know what? Kyle Pitts has all world ability. No one, no one can doubt that. The guy's an incredibly talented player. But guess what? He made a few plays. He's got some confidence, and now Kyle Pitts is going off. I'm not saying Troutman is Kyle Pitts. But I do think Troutman could be a really good NFL tight end. And I don't think the, mis- the Saints made a mistake drafting him. The only thing I'm saying is right now, watching him play, he looks like a young player to me who at this point is searching for a little confidence. 
Appreciate it, Kurt. Thanks so much for the call. Look, he made his best catch of the year, that going up, laying out in the air, took a tremendous shot, caught it. He caught three passes on that drive. That was a real plus, but he had the massive drop earlier that really hurt. He's a better blocker than we thought, thought he would be, so give him that. And the Saints know what they're looking at, which is why he's playing and why others are not. But now you got Vanette coming back this week, so we'll see how that factors into their plans as well. It's 2601061. Gene is in Lacombe. Hey, Gene, thanks for the call. Welcome to the Three Tailgaters show. Hey, how y'all doing today? Hey, Gene. Yeah. Hey, Gene. And Troutman had that tough fumble the week before against the Bucks. He's been in a little, yep. a little uh, rough spot this past couple weeks. But I wanted to ask y'all about high school football and if y'all could do a quick um, y'all's picks and uh, maybe a quick reason or two on the four select quarterfinal games this coming week. Could y'all do that? Uh, like well, we talked talk. about we talked. Yeah, oh, we did for about guys. forty minutes already. But uh, oh. we, you know, we, we, tell me, tell me which one, you, what division you're interested in. We'll be glad to talk about what the, the select, the four select in five A quarterfinals. Oh, okay, in Division One. Oh, Division One. Yeah. I'm sorry. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 We talked. I'm to, hang up. And okay, no, Appreciate what no, y'all do for high school football. Oh, no problem. Our pleasure. So, yeah, we mentioned this significantly earlier, obviously, and talked about it, but. Glad to uh, rehash uh, that as well. All right, Ed. So, I mean, I, I like Catholic over St. Aug. I think St. Aug, if it plays well, uh, will compete and have a chance. But no way I can pick against Catholic in that game. Uh, I cannot. So there's that. St. Paul, Scotlandville, that's a toss-up game. I mean, I, I'm not welching on it at all. But I, St. Paul's is really good on defense. Average on offense. Scotlandville's really good on offense and can score. Scotlandville's at home. Maybe that provides a slight edge, but that's a that's a toss-up game. I agree. I agree. I think it's a toss-up game. I think it's a hard game to pick. And if I, you know, I, I don't want to pick against St. Paul's, but I don't want to pick against uh, Lester either. So I mean, look, I, I just think that's a tough game. I think it's a I think it's a toss-up game. Scotlandville can score, but you know what? If I had to pick one team over the other, if I had to make a pick, I'd pick the team with the better defense. Which is St. Paul's. Yeah, I think it's a really good game. Look, St. Paul's got uh, an unexpected buy when McKinley opted out. So they'll be well-rested, well-prepared. And if they can eliminate mistakes, not turn the ball over, Scotlandville does get penalized some, but it's a talented team. That's just a tough game. It's a tough place to play, I might add. But De La Salle went there and won earlier this year uh, before having to forfeit that win. So, yes, it can be done uh, on that level, certainly when you look at the, the teams involved. All right, so looking at the other matchup, when you're talking about Division One, uh, going down the list, you're talking about Bird and Brother Martin, and Ed and I both like Brother Martin to win that game, right? Yes, without a doubt. Yeah, and then John Curtis and Jesuit, you know, a, a jump ball game in the regular season. Blue Jays won that game, uh, rematch game. When teams are even and they play a second time, it's tough. Landry did it, uh, excuse me, Carver did it to Landry last night, but then you had Denham Springs in a rematch game, got walloped in the regular season by Central, and they turned around and walloped Central last night. So who knows? I just think it's a close game. It's a very evenly matched game. Uh, it's it's going to be about one making one play. Uh, you know, Curtis has uh, more threats on the offensive side overall, but Jesuit has a terrific player in Jack LaRivier, good receiver in Jace Larson. And they play really solid defense up front. I just don't see a lot of points scored in this game like the first time around. And I, I don't know. It could go either way. Uh, I mean, it really is tough to beat a team twice in a season. We will have this game live 
here on 106.1 FM as part of the original next Friday night, Ed. Well, Kenny, you know what? I am going to, uh, if I had to make a pick in that game, I would give Jesuit a slight edge because I think their quarterback is playing at a very high level. And so is Buddy Taylor. But I would just, I, I would just give Jesuit a slight edge in that game. Well, I think Jesuit had a bunch of injuries, especially on defense and one offensive lineman. If they get players back and healthy after a week off, it helps. You know, Curtis had to play this past week, but of course they weren't tested uh, and probably got their mojo back after the loss to Brother Martin. So, look, I could see it going either way. The key is very simple. Yes. John Curtis turns the ball over, okay? They fumble the ball, you know, on a, you know, a little bit more than most teams with a veer offense. If they can protect the ball, I think they can win. And I, and I think they would win, but uh, can they do that against a good Jesuit defensive front? Really good game. That's going to be a tough one. All right, it's 260-1061, 260-1061. Back with more of your calls, more of everything. When we continue to mull it, Bobby, you can call us back if you'd like. Lost you there. Love to talk to you. Three Tailgaters Show continues momentarily here on 106.1 FM, Nash Icon, and on the web at nashfm1061.com. Get Diamonds Direct's unbeatable price, plus an extra 20% off virtually everything. Yes! It's happening next weekend. November 19th through 21st. Three days of spectacular store-wide savings. All rings, all earrings, all pendants, all bracelets, all on sale. This is the biggest and last sale of the year. The one where they break all the rules. The selection is like double the norm. Designers are here with their entire lines. All at the absolute lowest prices of the year. Plus special financing. Next weekend. Details at DiamondsDirect.com. On Severn Avenue, across from Lake Side Mall. Since 1935, the Allstate Sugar Bowl has been a proud New Orleans New Year's Day tradition. Through its annual support of college football and amateur sports, the Sugar Bowl attracts hundreds of thousands of visitors to the state, providing countless opportunities for young people. Resources from these events enable the Sugar Bowl to support education and community programs impacting thousands of New Orleans area teachers and citizens. The Allstate Sugar Bowl, proud to host the best of the Big 12 and the SEC in the Superdome on New Year's Day 2022. COVID, Delta, Ida. Our hospitals have had a tough year, but there's something you can do to help them. Visit thebloodcenter.org and schedule a life-saving appointment today. Your blood donation can save up to three lives. And with blood supplies nationally at an all-time low, you'll know that your donation will go to helping someone locally. Visit thebloodcenter.org today and save a life tomorrow. The Blood Center, this is how life flows. Life Resources Ministries exists for showing men the way, building men to spiritual maturity, and preparing God's people for service. Life Resources Ministries has Bible studies in person and via Skype throughout the metro area, along with outreaches weekly on Wednesdays at Piccadilly Cafeteria on Clearview Parkway in Metairie. There are business forums and fellowship meetings as well. Life Resources also puts on major outreach prep breakfasts with national speakers up to four to five times per year. Visit us online at liferesources.net. Life Resources Ministries, leaders investing for eternity. Ken Trahan here with Scott Craig of Francesca by Katie's Deli Pizzeria, 515 Harrison Avenue in Lakeview. We both love high school sports and the St. Louis Cardinals. That's a big amen. And we both love great food at a great location. That's a bigger amen. Francesca by Katie's hands and all. That includes daily specials, building your own sandwiches and pizzas, delicious burgers, scrumptious salads, and a kid's menu. Francesca by Katie's is also host of Ken Trahan's Original Prep Football Report. We love supporting our area schools. It's a shame not everybody can go to Brother Martin. Or Rommel. If you don't come, you're to blame. You'll be glad you came. Francesca by Katie's, 515 Harrison Avenue in Lakeview. 
you. Susan, it's so great to finally be able to get together again. Oh, it sure is. And I really appreciate you picking up the bill. I'm happy to. I've got the extra cash. Since we've all been driving so much more again, I've been using GetUpside, the free gas app that pays you cash back for every gallon of gas you buy. Wait a minute. Are you saying you actually get paid cash when you buy gas with the GetUpside app? Yes, up to 25 cents a gallon. Cash back every time I buy gas. Does that actually add up to anything? Some months, I make 200 to 300 bucks. Wow, that's serious extra cash. I'm downloading the free GetUpside app now. Download the free GetUpside app now in the App Store or Google Play to save up to 25 cents a gallon when you buy gas. Use promo code TIME for a 25 cents a gallon bonus on your first tank. That's up to 50 cents a gallon on your next fill-up. You can cash out anytime to PayPal or an e-gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free GetUpside app and use promo code TIME for a 25 cents a gallon bonus on your first tank. That's code TIME. Amendment number one is a power grab. It takes away local control of local sales taxes. It's a political scheme that gives state-appointed bureaucrats the power to collect and manage sales taxes statewide with no rules in place for local distribution. Businesses do need a solution, but Amendment 1 is a political answer to a technology problem. Louisiana has the technology to collect and distribute online sales taxes without an oversight commission of political cronies. Passing Amendment 1 is like turning your paycheck over to your landlord or mortgage company and letting them decide when they will give it back to you to pay your house note and other necessities. Amendment 1 is bad for Louisiana. Please vote November 13th. Make informed decisions on the amendments to the Louisiana Constitution. Paid for by Project 70805. Want to call an audible? Throw a flag? Call a technical? It's all good. Go for it now on a three tailgater show on 1061 Nash Icon, NashFM1061.com, and through CrescentCitySports.com. Call now, 504-260-1061. Ken and Ed with you. Uh, all right, Ed, so the LSU coaching search looks like Mel Tucker's off the list because he is reportedly, by many reports, very close to signing a lucrative extension at Michigan State. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, I, that tells you two things. Number one, I'm not surprised um, that that would happen because a lot of coaches would use this job, at least some coaches are going to use this job as leverage to get more from where they're at. And, um, you know, I'm not a bit surprised by that because Michigan State is doing what Michigan State should do. If they've got an excellent head coach, they should do everything they can to retain him. But I also think that Mel Tucker maybe has read the tea leaves too. Do you agree? Oh, I think there's, that, there's a lot that goes into that, which of course means that Scott Woodward has identified where he's going and who he's going to. Look, uh, Mario Cristobal's name has certainly surfaced and is still uh, a guy that's, that you would think might be considered his team could be in the national playoff, which could be a detriment. Lincoln Riley's a hot name, but his team could be in the national playoff too. So if you're an LSU fan, you might be pulling against Oregon or Oklahoma if you like either one of those choices, right? But then the other one that's obvious is Jimbo Fisher, whom Scott Wood would work with and who does not have a buyout, regardless of what he has said. Uh, is LSU a better job than Texas A&M? Yes, I believe it is. And I've said it over and over again. 
You rule the roost in a talent-rich state, whereas in Texas, you're competing with a whole bunch of other schools for players, including Texas, who's moving into the SEC soon. So I think there's that. Now, uh, Jimbo Fisher's offense is less than creative. It's, it's kind of a nominal approach to offense, which isn't all that exciting, but you can't argue with the results that he's gotten if he is indeed the guy. But I think uh, what you said is applicable. I think um, if Mel Tucker's analyzing this situation, he's getting a massive offer to stay at a place where he's built a really good program as compared to moving down here. Uh, I think he's doing it because he thinks he can win there, but also because he thinks that LSU is probably going in a different direction. Yeah. I mean, look, I, there's, there's, a, there's a lot going on behind the scenes. And, you know, uh, I think it, it's – Okay, I think we lost Ed there. So, uh, look, I agree. There's much going on behind the scenes. Uh, I do think they have their candidate or two clearly identified as to who they want it to be and who they want to hire. Now, I think that's accurate. But, again, I keep pointing to December 15th. That's national signing date. When you do most of your work, if you're LSU, to sign players. And you must have a coach in place before then to convince players that are committed already to stay with their commitment and to try to get others that you're trying to get to come that otherwise might be departing. And maybe to try to convince one or two that have decommitted to return to the fold. That's why it's important with the time element regarding whomever they decide to hire. It's 2601061. We'll take a final timeout when we return. Pelicans and their plight. Oh, boy. Stay tuned. Glad you're with us on this Saturday morning. Ken and Ed, back in a moment with the 3 Tailgater Show on 106.1 FM, Nash Icon, and at NashFM1061.com. It's not just Santa who's coming to town. It's also your in-laws and their cousins. So time for some gifts from the Home Depot. From doorbell cameras to intelligent thermostats, you'll look smart and save big on the latest smart home gifts. Does your father-in-law like to fix things around the house? Put him to work with a DeWalt 20-volt two-battery starter kit. Buy one, get one free. That should keep him busy. No matter who comes to town this year, make the holidays yours with savings on tools and gifts store-wide from the Home Depot. How doers get more done. Want to learn a new language so it will actually stick? Try Babbel. Practice real-life conversations in the Babbel app. ¿Cómo te llamas? ¿Cómo te llamas? Get personalized help in Babbel's live online classes. Classes are limited to six people, so everyone can get the help they need. Review words and phrases with fun games, or dive into the culture with short videos. Whatever your learning style, Babbel gives you the tools you need. Babbel, more ways to learn. Now try Babbel free at Babbel.com. That's B-A-B-B-E-L.com. Since 1935, the Allstate Sugar Bowl has been a proud New Orleans New Year's Day tradition. Through its annual support of college football and amateur sports, the Sugar Bowl attracts hundreds of thousands of visitors to the state, providing countless opportunities for young people. Resources from these events enable the Sugar Bowl to support education and community programs impacting thousands of New Orleans area teachers and citizens. The Allstate Sugar Bowl, proud to host the best of the Big 12 and the SEC in the Superdome on New Year's Day 2022. New at Banana Republic Factory, 50 to 70% off everything, including fall favorites. Cozy up with soft layers, wear everywhere outerwear, and more from $14.99. Find your nearest store or shop online. Only at Banana Republic Factory. 
top service. Locally owned, outstanding deals, conveniently located, professionals motivated to sell where the customer comes first. That describes the experience at Premier Automotive Group, where you'll find the best prices anywhere on Toyota, Honda, Nissan, Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, Ram, and Kia. Premier Automotive offers a warranty for life on its vehicles and a money-back guarantee. Visit my friend Troy Duhon at one of his outstanding dealerships, Toyota of New Orleans, Premier Chrysler, Jeep, Dodge, Ram, Fiat, Premier Honda in New Orleans, Premier Nissan in Metairie, and Premier Kia in Kenner. Get Diamonds Direct's unbeatable price, plus an extra 20% off virtually everything. Yes! It's happening next weekend. November 19th through 21st. Three days of spectacular store-wide savings. All rings, all earrings, all pendants, all bracelets, all on sale. This is the biggest and last sale of the year. The one where they break all the rules. The selection is like double the norm. Designers are here with their entire lines. All at the absolute lowest prices of the year. Plus special financing. Next weekend. Details at DiamondsDirect.com. On Severn Avenue, across from Lake Amendment number one is a power grab. It takes away local control of local sales taxes. It's a political scheme that gives state-appointed bureaucrats the power to collect and manage sales taxes statewide with no rules in place for local distribution. Businesses do need a solution, but Amendment 1 is a political answer to a technology problem. Louisiana has the technology to collect and distribute online sales taxes without an oversight commission of political cronies. Passing Amendment 1 is like turning your paycheck over to your landlord or mortgage company and letting them decide when they will give it back to you to pay your house note and other necessities. Amendment 1 is bad for Louisiana. Please vote November 13th. Make informed decisions on the amendments to the Louisiana Constitution. Paid for by Project 70805. Last chance today. Call the Three Tailgaters Show at 260-1061. Back to Ken Trahan and Ed Daniels. Pelicans are now 1-12 after losing to Brooklyn 120-112 last night. They played better in this game. I did not see it. Uh, because they're busy with the high school show, as was Ed. And I, I sense a lot of people didn't see it because they're obviously in a situation where uh, people aren't interested because the team's no good and because they're busy watching football or doing other things. But all five starters uh, contributed nicely. They got bench play last night, which doesn't happen very much, and that was encouraging. But again, they lose. And now they got the second of a back-to-back with the Grizzlies tonight and John Moran. I'll say this, Ed. If you could redraft that draft a few years ago, you'd pick John Morant over Zion Williamson. Yes, without a doubt. Isn't that amazing? Yeah, it is. Yeah. I, I, you know what, Kenny? I cannot disagree. I cannot disagree. This is a guy who is going to be a great, great player and is also a point guard and a guy who's going to be a great, great player for a long, long time in the, in the NBA. So when did well, the rumors start about him going to the Lakers? I guess – about a year from now. Yeah, man. Look, uh, where the Pelicans are concerned, Jonas Valanciunas leads the league in double-doubles. He keeps his streak going last night with 20 and 12. He's been a godsend. Guy's been really good. And Herb Jones Jones has been really good. Herbert Jones was a heck of a draft pick. And last night off the bench, 11 points, four boards. He guards everybody, and he's good at it. So there's that. Devontae Graham's been solid. No, No problem with him. He's been he's given the team what they hoped they would get. Nikhil Alexander Walker went through a terrible shooting slump, but the last couple of games he's played better. 
including last night. Garrett Temple had his best game last night, 17 points, 6 rebounds. So there were some encouraging signs, but it just isn't enough. Brooklyn's an elite team. Tonight you get Memphis at 1-13. I mean, I'm maintaining that it's pretty much over already, Ed. They're not going to have a winning season. They're not going to make the playoffs. And when is Brandon Ingram going to play again with a hip contusion? Not to mention Zion Williamson, and who knows? Yep, I have no idea. He's getting close. That's what he says. He's getting close. And with Zion Williamson, what do we know there? (laughs) And by the time they do play, will it really matter? Or is this team ready to compete and go all in on trying to get that number one draft pick? Well, there could be worse things, Kenny. And, and you no know doubt. what? Uh, but here's the thing. When Zion and Ingram come back, they are going to start winning some games. Yeah, they'll win and, some games. And, you know, the deal is if, if they win 28 games or 26 or 28 games, they won't have the worst record in the league. No, no. There's, there's two or three really bad teams, Houston included. So, mm-hmm. But, again, it's kind of hard to, to get interested. It really is. No, I get it. I understand. I understand. But 